0: Love, Hope, Radio There is a word from the Lord on today. The title of this sermon is a very familiar um, term because we've heard it in a song, um, a gospel song that has been sung over the years. Our scripture lesson comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 15 is going to be the focus verse and this is the word of God but now here are men from Ammon Moab and Mount Surrey whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt so they turned away from them and did not destroy them see how they are repaying us for coming by coming to drive us out of the possessions you gave us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazreel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, and son of Jael, and son of Messiah, a Levite and a descendant of Absalom, as he stood in the assembly, he said, listen King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or discouraged. Because this vast army for the battle is not yours, but God's. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to stand behind the sacred desk. God, we bless your name and we give you praise, O God, for this day that you have given us. Speak now, Lord, that we might hear you. Encourage now that someone might be encouraged. Lift up a bow down head on today, God, and have them to know. That the battle is not theirs, but it is God's. This is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. So I just titled the sermon: "The battle is not yours, but God." This Old Testament biblical story tells of a time when God's people, Judah, was under the leadership of King Jehoshaphat, son of a son of the king Asa. This king was not the best of kings, but he did have some good qualities king jehoshaphat did what he knew to do to turn the people away from idol gods in the land and went about destroying all the idols figures throughout the land this king also appointed judges in the land to deal with the various situations reminding them that god was a just god and his judgment was a supreme judgment he called upon the leadership to work with the people to resolve the issues and to make mat- and to take matters into their own not to take matters into their own hand, rather to judge according to the law given by God for His people. He told them to act with courage, and if they did so, the Lord would deal justly with them. On the heels of the king's effort to work with the people and bring them back into a life that was pleasing to god he received a message that the enemy of god's people were on their way to wage war against them the moabites the ammonites and some of the mennonites these vast armies were coming from different directions from across the sea across the desert from distant lands when king jehoshaphat heard this the first thing he did was call upon the Lord. When trouble comes, the first thing we should do is call upon the Lord. You see, the first thing we ought to do is seek God for help. The king heard not of one army, not of two armies, but three armies were on their way to destroy God's people. Some of us may not just have one situation or two situations or maybe even three situations in front of us. The first thing we should do is do what King Jehoshaphat did. Seek God for help. We should seek God in all things, but especially when the enemy is raging against us. When life is overwhelming, one thing coming at us after another, you better run to God. When the enemy raises up against us like a flood, whether it's sickness, finance, family relations, divorce, secret sin, or old wounds that have never healed or been addressed. Remember, the battle is not yours. So the first thing we should do is call upon the Lord. You see, when the king's men came and told King Jehoshaphat what was about to happen, The first thing he did, which is what we should all do, is call upon the Lord. Don't get on your telephone and call up your friends. They can't help you. You know, don't even go run into the next door neighbor and say, guess what was happening? Go to God first. Then if God tells you, pick up the phone or go to a neighbor, you go to someone else. You see, the second thing the king did was that he called the people to a fast. We don't talk much about fasting, about the power of fasting in the lives of God's people, except during Lent. We talk about it a lot then, because that's when a lot of people fast. But I want to tell you that God honors fasting. He acknowledges our commitment to seek His attention. He responds to our willingness to submit ourselves to Him, knowing that He and He alone can work out our situations. There are some situations that come can come into our lives that not only require us to seek God, but we need to fast and pray. Turn down the plate. Turn off the TV. Let go of whatever it is that stands before you and God. A fast is not punishment for yourself, a season of starvation. Fasting is letting go of whatever it is in your life that divides your time and take your focus off of God. Turning down the plate um, afflicts the flesh, but it also strengthens the spirit. Turning off the TV opens up your spirit to hear God and to really spend time with God. Everybody can't fast food because there are situations in their lives it might be medical, whatever it may be, that don't allow them to fast food, but you can fast something else. You can turn away from something that don't allow you to spend time with God, that takes your time away from prayer, takes your time away from meditation. I'm telling you, it works. Fasting changes things. People, we don't talk about it enough. We don't encourage people to do it enough. But I'm telling you, if you show that devotion to God, if you go to God in prayer and fasting, God will answer your prayer. You see, the first thing the king did was he seeked God. Then he gathered the people and called them to a fast and to pray about the situation. We can know that fasting is still a part of the lives of God's people because in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 17, God told his disciples that some things require prayer and fasting to move it, to change it, or to rebuke it. Jesus took, took Peter Peter, John, and James to the mountain to show them something. He wanted to show them his transfiguration so that they would have a greater understanding of what he had come to do, what he had come to fulfill in the lives of humanity. He took those three particular disciples for two reasons. First, they were his inner circle of friends, second, they were going to be the disciples who would start the first church in Jerusalem. God allowed the disciples to see Jesus as Lord. These three were going to be the great leaders of the church after Jesus ascent back to heaven. So Jesus needed them to see and know for sure. Now this leads me to the other nine disciples who were left to minister to the people in the village. There was a father and a son in the village. And where the other nine were hanging out waiting for Jesus. Peter and John and James, as they were off with Christ. The son of the man was possessed by a demon that caused the boy to harm himself. He would throw himself in the fire. He would just go into rages of fits and not be able to control himself. And when this would happen, he could harm himself physically. So his father was in despair. But he was happy when he saw the disciples of Christ Show up in the village. He knew that Jesus had been around the land healing people and calling out demons and raising people from the dead. The father got so excited, he was happy that they were there. So he asked the disciples, please come and pray for healing for my son. But the disciples were not able to rebuke the demon that had possessed the boy. When Jesus heard about this, he was disappointed. He was even angry. He realized first that the disciples did not believe. The second thing he realized was that they had little faith. They had been with Jesus. They had been taught by Jesus for more than two years, but they still didn't get it. Jesus went to the boy and prayed, and the demon left his body. Later, in, a private, in private, the disciples asked Jesus, Why couldn't we drive the demon out? Jesus replied, because you have such little faith. He says that if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and that mountain will move. But you've got to have faith and you have to believe that God can do it. So often we think it's in our power that things change. It's not in your power. We don't have no power. It is the power of the living God that resides within us that changes things. He said the greater things we would do than He would do. And so if God has said that to us, we have to believe God. I know it's not easy all the time when the world comes up against you to believe these things. But you've got to go back to the Word and hold on to what God said in His Word. If God said it, He can bring it to pass. But you have to pray. You have to seek God first. Then you've got to fast about it. And then you've got to pray about it. And don't see if God won't change your situation. Jesus, Jesus, was well so distressed disappointed in the disciples that all this time they had watched him heal people speak and call demons out he had brought people from the dead Jesus had given sight to the blind he had caused the woman with the issue of blood to just be healed in a matter of touching of the hem of his garment Jesus had raised Jairus' daughter up off of her bed Jesus had done so many things and they witnessed it and he promised them That if you just do what I've told you to do, have faith and believe, your life and the lives of those who you are called to minister to shall change. When the enemy rises up against us and seeks to destroy us, we can do as the king did. We can seek God for help. We can submit ourselves to God through prayer and fasting. You see, the king knew the protection that he needed, the help to defeat the enemy, would come from God. God will provide all that we need when we need it, however we need it, and in whatever circumstances we need it. The third thing the king did was that he, he prayed and he called the people into the house of God to pray with them. You know, it's one thing to pray at home, and we should all pray at home. We should have our prayer time. We should have our devotional time. But there's a difference in the prayer when you do it amongst other Christians. When you come together and be on one accord and pray before the Lord. There's power in numbers. There is power in the prayer when we get together and raise up a standard. When we get together and pray. When we come to prayer meeting, things change. When we come to... um when we have our early morning prayer through the intercessory ministry when they come and pray things change God can change things King Jehoshaphat called out to God in his prayer reminding God that he had all power over all of the kingdoms he reminded God of his promises towards his people he reminded God that whatever happened God was responsible for it because, without the power of God, they had no power to defeat the enemy. You see, God is responsible for us because He said, if we trusted him and believed him, that He was well able to keep us. So, if God is responsible for us, we have to remind God every night, not that he doesn 't know, but He wants to know that you know that He is responsible for you when god saw, When God still saw the fasting and heard the the prayers of the people. Standing in the temple, God responded through his prophet. The word says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel and said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who are here in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The last and final step the king and the people took was facing the enemies and the giants in their life was that they worshipped God. You see, King Jehoshaphat and the people bowed down before God in worship. They praised God for answering their prayer. They didn't wait till the battle was over. They started praising God and giving them thanksgiving immediately. God spoke to the prophet and they started praising. You see, the... The the temple, the choir, all the people were worshiping and praising God. All the people were worshiping God for coming to their rescue. They were there worshiping God and God was answering their prayer. The next day, the next day when King Jehoshaphat and the army went out to look over the mountain to see where the army that was coming up against them, where they were. When they were discouraged, they were feeling some discouragement, even though they had been praising the people were left there looking for long and sad and unhappy, thinking that they were going to be overtaken and overrun. But just then as Jehoshaphat and the army went and they, they did what God told them to do, and they looked over the desert, and when they looked over the desert for the vast army, all they saw was dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. You see, God will cause your enemy to fall even before he gets to you if you just trust God, if you would go to God and seek Him, if you would fast and pray, if you would worship God, if you would come into the household of prayer, that we might pray together, that we might worship God together, that we might lift up holy hands and thank God for answering our prayers even before the prayer is answered. When the man came upon the place and overlooked the desert. And they saw all those bodies lying there. King Jehoshaphat and the men of Judah, they went down and they took the spoils of the equipment and the clothes and the articles of value back to Jerusalem. There was so much spoils, it took three days for them to collect them all. Here is the word of God for us today. When trouble comes knocking at your door, don't you get in a panic and forget who you serve. You see, when trouble comes and threatens to take you out, don't you forget the promises of God. When trouble surrounds you and it looks like you have no way out, remember you have a way out because we serve a way-making God. (laughs) King Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat did not run and hide from the enemy. He seeked God for help. He called the people to join him in a fast. He prayed, they prayed. He and the people worshiped God for his holiness and his promises towards his people. You see, trouble comes in many ways. We have to remember what the Lord says, for the battle is not ours, but it belongs to him. And while we are remembering and seeking God's faith, praying and fasting and coming into the household to worship God in spirit and truth, while the people were worshiping God, the promises of protection was happening for them. You see, we have to seek God, submit ourselves to God, pray and worship God. The text tells us that these same people, the same trouble, the people that had encountered with these people before, but God told them, ignore them. Because at the time when they were going up against them, I don't know who this is for, when they were going up against them the first time, They would not have won. But God says, ignore them. Because God knew what he was going to do. So later on, when they came back at them again, God was prepared to handle the situation. God was prepared before, but they needed to see God in action. So here we come again. Here they come again to destroy and take the blessings of God that he had given us. You see, old troubles can sometimes roll up on us again and try to get us to question God and what God is doing. But the Word says the battle was not ours then and is not ours now. We have to learn how to obey God and trust God in all things. God promised to protect us. He promised to provide for us and make a way for us. He has and He will make a way for us. You see, trouble can come in so many ways. But however it comes, God is able to handle it. Just look what he did in Judah. He destroyed the enemy and blessed the people with more blessings than they were able to handle. It took them three days to collect the blessings. You know God can bless you real good. He can turn your upside down, life upside right. He can bless you so good you can't even handle it. you got to figure out what to do with it. Where can I put the blessings, God? Who can I share the blessings with, God? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He'll make your enemy your footstool. He'll take what the enemy intend to use against us to bless us. He will bless us right in front of our enemies. Don't you worry about how he's going to do it. Just have faith and know that he will do it. Just when others are counting you out, God is getting ready to bless you for real. So good that you won't know how to handle it. God is not restricted by time or space. God is able to do it, and he's able to do it well. In fact, he's going to do it so well, it's going to even surprise you. Have you ever gotten something, a letter come in the mail and there's a check in it, just at the time when you needed it? Didn't it surprise you? Didn't you say, God, I didn't even notice was coming. It's happened to me over and over again. Somebody will just, I'll be down to the last few dollars, and somebody will walk up to me and say, I just want to be a blessing to you today. You see, God can bless you like nobody else can. He promised that those who diligently seek Him, who delight themselves in them, Him, that He would give them life and give it more abundantly. The Word says not only did God slay their enemies, without the people having to go into battle. See, you don't even have to fight the battle. (laughs) We get our back up and ready to go out and do some battle, but God says, no, sit down. I got this. Let me handle this. I don't want you getting no blood on your hand. I don't want you saying nothing you shouldn't be saying. I want you to just sit down and let me handle it. He said, the battle is not yours, it's mine. So if you're doing what I've asked you to do, you don't have to do battle, so I'll do the battle for you. God will take your enemy's blessings and give them to you. As I was preparing this sermon, the Lord said to me that somebody is trying to run somebody off a job, but God said, don't you worry, I'll take their job and give you their job. They will be the one without the job. (laughs) Seek God for help. Go into a a fast. Just take your time about it. I know fasting isn't easy, but you can work your way into it. You can do it if you really want to do it. Go to church, pray and worship God with other Christians because there's power in numbers. We are created to worship God. God will deliver you from your enemies. He'll help you out of whatever your situation might be. Hear your prayer and answer your prayer. You don't need to see the victory before you worship God. Just start worshiping right now. Say, God, I thank you for whatever it is. I need a new place to live in, God. Lord, I thank you for the new car that I need. God, I thank you, Lord, for the rent money, God. Lord, I thank you for the new job, oh God. Lord, I thank you right now, God. I don't know how it's coming, but I know it's coming. My help is on the way because God promised me he'd never leave me enough forsake me. God promised me that He'd heal my body. Right now, I might be feeling kind of bad, but God said he's going to help me through what I'm going through. Set yourself up for the victory and start praising God right now. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what the Lord is saying to us today. I would have not brought you this far to leave you now. If I brought you to it, I'm going to take you. That's not biblical. That's the saying. If he brought you to it, he's going to take you through it. So you just got to learn how to trust God. Yeah, it gets a little rough sometimes. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that it's a smooth ride all the time. There's some bumps in the road. There's some potholes in the road. There are some hills and there are some valleys. But you can make it because God said you could make it. He promised us that we would make it. But you can't be twisting to and fro. You've got to be steady and sure. You've got to know that God is God. And if He said it, He shall surely bring it to pass. He promised us that the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Let us stand.
1: Oh, that was a woman in the Bible had been sick, sick so very long. But she heard my Jesus was passing by, so she joined the gathering throng. And while she was pushing her way through, someone asked her, what are you trying to do? She said, if I could just touch the hem of his gum, I know i Hey wo Si claro